Six o'clock on a Friday night. Beautiful day outside. Beautiful week in general, if you ask me. Friday nights are always fun. Can get out of hand. Can get a little loose. Which, if you're into fun radio, then that's, you know, how it goes. Big weekend ahead for a lot of people out there. Um, Travis Kelsey, Saturday Night Live. Should be interesting. The teases they've had from it are pretty interesting. Hi, I'm Travis Kelsey, and I will be hosting SNL this week with musical guest Kelsey Ballerini. Kelsey, you should change your last name to Travis, so we'd have Travis Kelsey and Kelsey Travis. Or maybe he should change his first name to Ballerini. I don't know. I've always wanted to be a ballerina. Seriously? Good form. Hi, I'm Travis Kelsey, and I will be hosting SNL this week with musical guest Kelsey Ballerini. So, you ready for SNL, Travis? Well, football isn't that different from SNL. We're working under a lot of pressure, you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. There's a musical guest. We're reading off cue cards. What? And it airs at 11.30. And I'm in a bunch of wigs, and Chloe Feynman is always there. Travis, I don't know if that's right. Okay, I get hit in the head for a living, so I'll, I'll take that as fair game. Hi, I'm Travis Kelsey, and I will be hosting SNL this week with musical guest Kelsey Ballerini. Again, you can do better than that, Kelsey. Yes, coach. I'm Travis Kelsey, and I will be hosting Saturday Night Live this week. Again, like you mean it, Trav. I'm Travis Kelsey, and I will be hosting. Again. I'm Travis. Again. I'm Travis. Harder, Kelsey, everything you've got. Hi, I'm Travis Kelsey, and I'll be hosting Saturday Night Live this week with musical guest Kelsey Ballerini. Woo! Yes. Nailed it. Oh, man. Highlight of the weekend right there. Saturday night, 10.30-ish, somewhere around there. Travis Kelsey, Saturday Night Live. The Raiders of the Lost Ark theme was perfect as a tease as well. It seems like the perfect personality. The Chiefs are Hollywood, man. Uh, you know, that that's all there is to it. And if you want to have a fun Friday, you want to have a, a fun birthday, there's also these things. Pat Mahomes Sr. chilling here. I partnered up with Cameo to give you birthday messages, advice, shout-outs, or anything else you need. Or maybe you just want to smoke on these Philly Blunts and these Joe Burrows with me. Hit me up on Cameo anytime. Silky P. Peace. There you go. So Friday night off to a hot start. A lot of Chiefs, a lot of Hollywood. Also today was more and more of the combine where you get to hear quarterbacks be compared to the one that plays in Kansas City, which is hilarious. On NFL Network right now, they're showing every single draft pick from last year, including 251st overall pick Isaiah Pacheco. What a steal. We get into Brett Veach a little bit later tonight, which should be kind of fun um, with Jay Binkley, who will join us at 6.30. Jake Eisenberg of the Kansas City Royals, new announcing team, will join us to show uh, tonight as well. That'll be at 7.15. They had their game today. The Royals are doing exactly what the Royals always do in spring training and give us hope. They play so well in the spring, and then the season starts. So we'll find out if this year's a myth. We'll find out, you know, who he's looking at from the pitching rotation. There's a lot of love with Brad Keller again. An interesting season ahead for the Kansas City Royals. 69 and a half wins is the over-under for those Kansas City Royals. But I kind of want to start the show off today with how the NFL offseason always seems to be triggered, and that is it always seems that somebody sets the market. Last year, it was a name that you didn't expect coming. You knew that they were probably a free agent. You knew that there was a lot of receivers in the free agency that could possibly move the needle. Tyreek Hill was going to be seeking a contract. Devontae Adams wanted to be paid. 
And it was Christian Kirk who was the guy that kind of set the market. And in this year's off-season market, it seems that quarterback is, again, once the popular topic. Daniel Jones seems to be that smoking gun this year, and I think he's going to be the first one that gets paid. And according to Twitter and others like Field Yates, Adam Schefter, uh, they've heard in recent days that there has been progress between Daniel Jones and the Giants. Getting something done by Tuesday doesn't seem unreasonable. It sounds as if there will be a four at the front of the annual salary. I'll break that down for you even more from what Field Yates says, and it says, Sounds like Daniel Jones could become the ninth quarterback ever to earn an annual salary of at least $40 million. There is a few things here. Daniel Jones is 100% going to get paid. He is in a perfect situation. The Giants definitely progressed last year. They have progressed the last few years, and so is he. He's also in a situation where everybody else is kind of looking to see what he's doing. And the imperfect analogy that I can come up with is probably some, somewhat of what you all can probably recognize if you're in this demographic. You all remember Scantron tests in school. There was always the one kid you waited for to turn it in first. Sometimes you might have gotten done with the test before anybody else got up. And what you did is you just kind of sat there and made sure all your bubbles were completely full because you didn't want it to read wrong. And then as soon as somebody got up to turn their test in, you probably had a good belief that they were, you know, respectable. The teacher wasn't going to freak out if you were done early, whether you knew what you were doing or not. And then once that test was turned in, you started seeing others get up. Coincidence or hesitation. That's exactly what I think the quarterback market is in this offseason with guys like Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, others to be traded possibly like a Ryan Tannehill. But quarterbacks are going to want to get paid. Aaron Rodgers, I don't even think, moves until the first quarterback gets signed. And if you think about what is on the line for quarterbacks out there, and maybe there are rumors that other people are thinking where people could land, like a Derek Carr to the Jets, Ryan Tannehill possibly being rumored to be traded by the Tennessee Titans as they're in the rebuilding years. Up ahead, Adam Schefter had this to say about Rodgers' destination as well as a quarterback domino to fall in this offseason. Yeah, my sense is there are continue to be more and more signs about him leaving Green Bay. And I think in the end, my sense is that ultimately it will come down to whether he wants to play elsewhere, which would be really the New York Jets, or whether he wants to retire. To me, those are the two most logical options and the two most likely scenarios here. But again, we have not heard from Aaron Rodgers himself. We have heard the Packers talk about Jordan Love and how much belief they have in him and how much progress he's made and I think he's their quarterback of the future here clearly and they continue to wait for the decision from Aaron Rodgers who knows that at some point in time he said the Packers had had conversations about him with other teams and that's why I believe that it's going to be either the New York Jets or retirement in the end and we'll see how this shakes out but there's nothing yet from Aaron Rodgers it has to come soon we are basically under two weeks Till the start of the league year, we await his word. And at some point, something's going to have to happen here because Derek Carr is waiting to see where Aaron Rodgers wants to go. These teams need decisions from the quarterbacks. And everything right now is being hung up while we wait to hear from number 12. So that from Adam Schefter, it sounds like maybe in his mind, 
it's the Aaron Rodgers saga that falls first. I know that we've heard all offseason that Derek Carr is leaving the Raiders to go to the Jets. We've heard that the Jets like how, Aaron, how Derek Carr fits their system, but we've also seen a ton of rumors of Aaron Rodgers. But this is, once again, one of those markets where it's nice in Kansas City to have to sit back and relax, and you get to watch all these other people get paid and set their term from the market. Again, it was when Mahomes was a free, or not a free agent, but when they were looking at restructuring his deal, it was like Dak Prescott. Are the Cowboys going to come out first and pay Dak and really set the market and make other not happening? Chiefs got ahead of it. And the thing is, it's interesting from Schefter again, because now we're going to go down the rabbit hole of Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to retire? Is he going to go do something else? I have a theory of Aaron Rodgers. I think that if he doesn't play, I think he creates a podcast. It gets a lot of attention. It gets a lot of traffic. He becomes a really popular person to listen to because he's probably got a lot of people that are intrigued or interested to what he has to say. You may not be one of them, but there are tons out there that probably will. Aaron Rodgers probably enjoys what he's doing right now, which is being the center of attention and figuring out if he's going to play football or not. Once again, here we are with Aaron Rodgers. Also, Lamar Jackson is interesting. Lamar Jackson, I believe if he's willing to sit back and wait, I know a lot of people will say get paid as soon as you possibly can and make sure it's done deal and you can move on with your days. But again, Lamar Jackson waiting for others to get paid and figure out where they're going to go and then he can demand more than the guy that got signed before him, like Daniel Jones. That's why Daniel Jones is the most interesting piece in this NFL offseason at quarterback because the fact that if he does get signed, the numbers that will be shown, everyone else will say the obvious. I think we all know in this room that I am A, better than B, Daniel Jones. That for, I want to get paid here, which is just like what the receiving market is, which is just what the NFL is every single offseason. But again, once one domino falls, the rest will continue. Jay Binkley at 6.30, Jay Geisenberg at 7.15. Coming up on the other side, my opinion of what I think about the DeAndre Hopkins conversation that was yesterday. We had an hour, but we let everybody else take control of the text line. When we come back here on After Hours. It's Luke, Dusty, 610 Sports Radio. We talk DeAndre Hopkins and Chiefs. Don't forget about the 8 o'clock question tonight. We do it every night. It's kind of just my way to see who's still here. Black Hole Sun. R.I.P., man. Chris Cornell, man. Another one gone too soon. That's right, right? Yeah. We lost like him, Anthony Bourdain. That was a tough one for me. The toughest celebrity death I think I ever had was uh, Steve Irwin, randomly. Man, Steve Irwin, gone too soon. Brutal. Stingray to the aorta. But he did go out the way I think he would want to go out. 100%. Which is a really weird conversation to come back from commercial break with, but I <laughs> I do mean this because like a lot of people will, will send the thoughts and prayers stuff, which is whatever. Um, that have never either, either met any of these things or whatever you can, these people. And uh, I do remember, I was really young, but I, dude, I watched the Crocodile Hunter, not the, that's what, it, yeah, I watched that like every single time it was on. Um, and yeah, Steve Irwin, man, that guy was, that guy was a genius. Legend. Yeah. Like he was way ahead of his time. There will, ne- there will never, never be another good, another one like him. And now his kids are grown up and kind of do the exact same thing. Sweetheart of a wife, man. 
But yeah, they're no Steve though. No, I mean you just he's just one of those guys. Like he was he was a guy built for reality TV that was fantastic at what he did because you literally didn't know if he was going to get his hand chopped off by a gator or get bit in the face by a snake, which he literally would. Um, and kind of paved the way for guys like Bear Grylls and and Andrew Zimmern and all those kind of guys that ended up doing different niches, you know, food or, you know, wilderness and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, man, it was uh, – I don't really get emotional over celebrity deaths, but that one, that one hit. Uh, Tom Petty was weird. That, I had mixed emotions because I always wanted to see Petty in concert. Never got to. Never will. Um, but again, uh, Lance says his toughest was Eddie Guerrero's. Yeah. I mean, Frog Splash King, man. Eddie Guerrero's great heel. Fantastic heel in the WWE slash WWS slash WCW. Um, DeAndre Hopkins to Kansas City was a conversation that started yesterday as Benjamin Albright uh, joined uh, Carrington Harrison's show today. There was some, I don't know, there was a little bit of smoke. It, it has one of those make sense type of stories for the Kansas City Chiefs. It has that um, makes perfect sense from DeAndre Hopkins' stance, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. And the reason that I say that is because he is what players will soon start pining to be, and that is a championship winner. And the more that it happens and the more often that it happens, you will see players of his magnitude and with his resume, which is everything accomplished except ring. And something that's interesting about that is, is that it worked out for who or uh, it worked out for Juju Smith Schuster, right? Juju Smith Schuster, we talked about this a little bit last night. He was loyal to him, to his team. He was loyal to Ben Roethlisberger. That's who he had played for. He went back for one more year for the Swan Song with Ben. You remember the year previous, the Chiefs were trying to bait him to come over with ring pictures and trophy pictures and Andy Reid, you know, really, really trying to hone in Juju Smith Schuster to this roster. He said, respectfully, I'm okay. And I thought the tweet today by Connor Christopherson, said the Titans traded for a 31-year-old Julio Jones in 2021. Jones had 771 yards receiving in 2020, but he had 1394 the year before that. He only, only had 434 yards for the Titans. DeAndre Hopkins is 31 years old and had it has been two years since he's had 1,400 yards in a season. A little concerned. DeAndre Hopkins obviously missed the first, was it six games last year with the, uh, I think he had like a badger steroid or something like, or tranquilizer. It was something really weird. And I see that there is interest from the casual fan, DeAndre Hopkins, because you know the resume of DeAndre Hopkins. Probably some of the smoothest hands we've ever seen. Maybe one of the top five best route runners that's ran in the NFL. And kind of just handles business. Does he mesh with the Chiefs? Do you need to trade what they are maybe asking for for DeAndre Hopkins? The other thing is is that DeAndre Hopkins is going to need money. The Chiefs don't have a ton of it. Benjamin Albright had this to say about concerns with DeAndre Hopkins' health. Um, And, and, you know, obviously Hopkins had the suspension, uh, you know, with the performance-enhancing stuff as well, so there should be an eye on that and a concern about that. 
Uh, but that's it. I mean, he's played in an offense that's pretty much figured out the last couple of years and hasn't really got, we didn't really get on track last year with a quarterback that, uh, some people like Kyler Murray, but, you know, there were reasons people didn't take that Arizona job. They were shying away from him at quarterback. So, um, I, I think Hopkins can have a bit of a bounce back similar. You know, I mean, Randy Moss, you know, took a nosedive with the Raiders and then turned it back around. I, I think, I think Hop has the talent, has the ability to go out there and have a couple of bounce back seasons. I don't know if he's going to be as he was two, three years ago, but he, he's still going to be a, a top 10 receiver in this league if he's on and has the right quarterback. So you have that too, which is the Mahomes effect, which is what draws these players over here. Now, recently, it's been veteran defensive players outside of Le'Veon Bell and LaShawn McCoy, but there has been, I guess Juju would count, but there are players that Veach and the Chiefs tend to go get in situations where like this, not saying DeAndre Hopkins, but a guy like this, a veteran mold that could come over and kind of help with the locker room, blend in, know their role. Now, again, LaShawn McCoy has obviously been out and about to go after Eric Bieniemy, but it's obviously we know why that is. He's insecure. He fumbled the ball. He was old, couldn't handle it. Even Andy Reid said that, but in different terminology and probably a little bit uh, more polished. He just said sometimes the end, I don't know what he said, but he just basically said you're not the young pup you used to be. And, well, if anybody fumbles the ball multiple times, Chances are you're probably not going to play. And if you're on the other side of 30 and you're just looking to hop along, then yes, you're definitely going to get benched. But again, you look at guys like Terrell Suggs, like a Melvin Ingram, guys like that that are coming to a team to kind of just blend in but also have one last ride. I don't know if DeAndre Hopkins is necessarily done with football or necessarily is trying to just get a one-year, one-year, one-year. I don't know where his path is. But with the Kansas City Chiefs, I think they're doing everything they can to try to run it back for back-to-back titles because, again, I think that's the one thing that this team really wants to prove the NFL is that they can win back-to-backs. They've gone back-to-back. They didn't win them, obviously, with the destruction that was the offensive line in that Tampa Bay game. But again, you nailed last year's draft. You nailed the previous year's draft. You still have a young Mahomes. You still have enough dominance in Kelsey to continue in his role with this team. And you've got rookie wide receivers that are going to be second-year players. You've got other guys that are still on rookie deals that can be electric. Is DeAndre Hopkins somebody that you want to bring over here? Will he just sit back and disguise himself as one of those guys that's a veteran leader that's just trying to maybe get a chance at winning a Super Bowl? Albright also had this to say as a top suitor for DeAndre Hopkins. They do have some interest in DeAndre Hopkins, and I would be surprised if, uh, if they're a major player, if not one of the top pursuers there. Uh, you know, obviously the, the Arizona Cardinals are shopping Hopkins to try to get rid of him and all that kind of stuff. And uh, at this point in time, I, I would consider them to be the most formally out there team in pursuit. So again, I understand. Every time something like this comes awry, we always see people say, Chiefs, 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 Chiefs. Why? Because Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, and why would it not be fun to see great players who are still somewhat prime-ish come join Patrick Mahomes and see where their game elevates to. He had alluded to Randy Moss earlier being in the Oakland Raiders franchise and then switching over to New England and seeing what a change that did to a guy like Randy Moss. I believe there are similar parallels to their stories and their age and that time in their career where DeAndre Hopkins is coming off the suspension, coming off a very frustrated franchise where they fired their coach. Their quarterback is... Interesting when it comes to his development, to say the least, and that franchise is kind of lost. And DeAndre Hopkins might just want to get a ring, and then there is the question of how much would it cost? Benjamin Albright, once again, says this. 
Well, I think they're looking for two day two picks. Um, you know, I think they, they they want to get the idea here is to to set the bar at a reasonable number and allow a bunch of teams to get in the process and bid it up. Um, I, I'm not sure what they would settle on, but what they're floating out there is two day two picks, and I, I think that's a reasonable request for somebody with his talent. You probably got about two years left, maybe a year left of prime DeAndre Hopkins, and then another year or two left of you know still good DeAndre Hopkins before he hits that wall. So um, I, I think you can get good productivity out of him, and I think that's a fair. Price. Luke, real quick, yay or nay on DeAndre Hopkins? I think nay because I would I would take Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, in the draft, I think I think DeAndre Hopkins nice. is past his prime. I think the trouble with the steroid stuff scares me. Um, yeah, he's he and he's kind of like more of a boundary receiver. He's not really a Tyree Kill replacement at all. Um, you know, he's kind of a finesse guy, um, and he's just past his prime. One to maybe two years, according to Benjamin Albright of Prime Hopkins. I am Team Pass. We join the guy Friday night, man. Friday night lights will be here shortly. You know that Binkley is ready for that. But Binkley, again, it's Friday night, 630. It is Bink on After Hours here on 610 Sports Radio. Coming up next. Six Ten Sports Radio Friday night six thirty. That means one thing only. That means Jay Binkley joins us. Jay Binkley, it is six thirty. The sun is staying out a little bit longer. I know you love that. It means warmer days. It means patios. It means the beer tastes better, as if it ever was worse. But uh, how are you on a Friday night, sir? Yeah, no question about it, Dust Man. Today actually ended up being a really, really nice day. And uh, once again, the weather people earlier in this week are calling for snow and all that. <sighs> Once again, they're wrong, failing miserably. What a horrible record. Good thing our sports teams aren't as bad as our weather people. Yeah, a bunch of fake radar out there. (laughs) Uh, Binkley, I want to start with this because obviously I've had conversations with you throughout the day like I do every day. Um, DeAndre Hopkins' name comes up in the rumor mill. like It always does when this time of season happens. There's a couple names that – pop up that teams might be interested in trading for, might be getting a little bit greedy with. Um, DeAndre Hopkins to the Chiefs. Are you team yay or are you team nay when it comes to D-Hop to KC? Team nay. And the more you look at it, it looks like they're getting two-year contract. Look like they're looking somewhere in the rounds of the second-round draft pick, something like that. You can't afford to trade uh, for DeAndre Hopkins. It's played only 19 games. Um in the last two years. Matter of fact, when he came back last year after his suspension, uh, they were two and seven. And I get it, Kyler Murray gets hurt and goes down and stuff like this, but no, um, the Chiefs have proven you don't need somebody like DeAndre Hopkins. And the fact that you'd have to trade a second round pick for a receiver that's over 30 years old would be, uh, be ridiculous. I like his style of play. I think it fits this system, but I, again, I'm not out here saying that I'm questioning his character, but I just think that when it comes to, what the Chiefs necessarily can do with what they don't need to give up, you would think that Brett Veach could find somebody in the second round that could give you 750 to 850 yards, possibly. I know that's a stretch. Sky Moore, sure. did, Sky Moore didn't do that. But again, Sky Moore is not built as like that type of wide receiver. And I think if you found somebody like that, uh, you could quite possibly find that and not have to give up maybe a second and a third. 
Yeah, I just want to see what they could do with wide receiving talent. Just imagine, you know, Peyton Manning had Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne. Joe Montana had Steve Young and John Taylor. Uh, Dan Marino had Mark, uh, Mark Duper and, or, and, and Mark Clayton. What can Patrick Mahomes do? Who's he had? He mm-hmm. had Sammy Watkins. Okay, he's always hurt. Uh, Tyreek Hill, yes, that's a superstar. But he was traded. They still won a Super Bowl uh, without him. Um, it's like having a Porsche yeah. or a nice car. You need gas. <laughs> and I, I'm always for your biggest investment in the city. The best athlete the city's ever had is Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Supply him with the talent. Give him the ammunition that he needs. Stop making him work with less. Have him work with more. Guys that you can throw five and six yards out because when he was a rookie, that's what he said. Just get the ball in the hands of my playmaker and let them make plays. Well, you know, think about the receivers he's had. I mean, right. who's he really? Hey, Juju came in, had a decent season, but outside of Tyreek Hill, I mean, who has he really had at wide receiver? Time in the first round to get him more weapons. Yeah, I kind of think time is on the other side of this because I think if Mahomes was maybe 32, 33, then you make this move like the Patriots did in 11 with, or I guess 07 with Randy Moss coming over from Oakland. But I think Mahomes is still young enough and can make everybody else that much better. Enough of DeAndre Hopkins, though. What about. It was like a fourth round pick with it. I see something like that, a fourth yeah. round pick they give up for Randy. Right. Uh, it, it wasn't a lot. I know that because, uh, and then it turned out to be like a new face in a new place and a guy that was. Uh, very uh, addicted to winning, and they went what sixteen and one, right? That's a that's a heartbreaker. Well, by the way, would you rather go fifty? I guess you're going to say obviously the Super Bowl, but sixteen and one and lose the Super Bowl. That's got to be terrible. Yes, I would never want to do that. I would never want to do it and went and lose a Super Bowl like uh, Randy Moss and the New England Patriots. A lot of people think, "Whoa, Tom Brady, he won a Super Bowl ring because he had Randy Moss." Well, yeah. not so fast because he never won a Super Bowl with Randy Moss. No, he didn't. Um, Legereus Sneed, an interesting piece, Binkley. I, I was following Carrington pretty closely on, I think, Monday, or I think it was Monday, and he brought up a hypothetical. Like, you know, next year, I, I don't think um, I trust your knowledge on this, and I know you're always tapped into the kind of the things that Veach does, and you read the tea leaves very well. Legereus Sneed doesn't seem like somebody that the Chiefs will end up giving top money to, and of course, we know this year his role expanded to being a shadow corner, slash could play the outside, could play the slot, do whatever he really needed to do, and really expanded his game under Spags. The other thing, too, is that he's going to want a lot of money, and you're not going to have that control that you'll have this year, and with the Chiefs already having nine, could possibly have 11 with compensatory picks, you could get a two a second-day pick in the second round for Snead, and then that can help you develop where you go after that. Do you think Snead is on this roster? Like, What's the percentage you have with LeJarrius Snead being on this roster come week one on Thursday night next year? I think very. I would lean more towards him being traded than on this team. Now, I wouldn't want that. Um, there's just certain guys on the team in that arrow's pointing up, yeah. and his arrow's pointing up. I mean, it's not pointing down. And I get it. Chiefs won a Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes. Airhead probably had a great article, a great stat. A quarterback has never won the Super Bowl, accounting for more than his cap than Patrick Mahomes did at 17%. Peyton Manning had higher cap money, but those were the years where he didn't win the Super Bowl. But Patrick Mahomes accounted for more against the cap than any other Super Bowl quarterback ever. So that means you have to find a creative way. And obviously, when you think about luxurious need, think, how are we going to pay this guy? They drafted so well in the secondary that I don't think he's pertinent to stay on the team. But, man, is he my favorite player on this defense to watch? Just the versatility. They preach versatility. I remember when Brett Beach went on with Pat McAfee about a week ago. Mm-hmm. He was talking about he and Andy Reid, how they draft guys that can play all over the line or receiver, play inside, play outside. Well, that's luxurious need on defense, just the Swiss Army knife. I think a lot of people don't realize just how valuable 
he is this team in that nickel corner. Any nickel corner that can blitz. But dollars and cents would say, and the fact the Chiefs do like to trade for picks, and let's face it, Brad Beach has 21 of his last 21, 22 picks on the roster. Mm-hmm. They go cheap and they go good. They're just well run in the front office. So, yeah, I could, I'm leaning more towards him being moved. The other thing that I like that where we talk about the Brett Veach tea leaves is that, you know, Thornhill's getting ready to be in a contract year. And you're like, okay, well, they went and drafted Brian Cook. Well, there's your replacement. Like, you can kind of see it in the future. And then you look at three rookie, r- rookie corners were on this roster and Williams, Watson, and, and McDuffie. And it's like, if you've got those three guys, do you necessarily, you've got a little bit of, you know, juice to move with when it comes to Legereus Need, I think. That's just what I see. Yeah, well, I, I see that too. I see that too. I will say this the cornerback draft this year. Mm-hmm. Is pretty good. Like the Chiefs, they've got nine picks officially now. It's probably going to go to 11 or 12 mm-hmm. when the comp picks come in. Can they throw a mid-round dart like they did a luxurious need? Right. Uh, yeah, I trust that Brett Beach drafting corners. Look at Jalen Watson, seventh-round sure. pick. Joshua Williams, fourth-round pick. I think they're still going to hit defensive backs. The safety's not as good in this year's draft. It's pretty uh, weak class as far as safety's corners. Mm-hmm. Not so much. The corners are very good in this year's draft class. So I can see them throwing another dart. The Chiefs have proven – yeah, I get it. McDuffie's a first-round pick. I get it. And I think he's going to be a shutdown corner. But it doesn't mean you can't get somebody else with that versatility of kind of a crossover safety corner uh, and replace with Jerry Sneed. So you still like receiver in the draft? Because, Bigley, I thought of a theory there. And I, you know, I don't do mock drafts. I know that's your thing. Um, you're, you're, you're very well locked into that. But I saw that the Houston Texans have two picks in the top 15. Obviously, they have number two. A lot of people assume that they might jump to the Bears, number one, just so they can get Bryce Young without any questions, without any, you know, no pressure. We know we got him. Um, and then they have that 12th round pick or the 12th overall pick. If Brett Veach does, in fact, trade for Snead and can move up, at that point, do you still like receiver if you're inside the top 15, or is that where you go maybe looking at the DNs or the, the edge rusher type of talent that is in this draft? There's so many good edge rushers in this draft. They can have a Karloftis type move at the end of the first round if that's where they want to go. Mm-hmm. Or defensive line. And so many defensive linemen now are playing defensive line. They're moving to the outside. They're with what they're doing, the crossover. But I'll say this. If they trade up, in that position, I'd want Quentin Johnson, um, okay. the six-four wide receiver at TCU. Um, I think he's the best wide receiver by far in this draft. I think he's going to be a superstar. I shouldn't say by far because I like Jalen Hyatt as well. Right. But I think Jalen Hyatt has a chance to still be there uh, where the Chiefs pick, and that's where I'd go. But I'd go wide receiver. I'm hell-bent on wide receiver, and I get it. People say, what? They don't need wide receivers. Patrick Mahomes can make, you know, do what Peyton Manning did to Jacob Tammy and Brandon Stokely, make these guys stars. Well, how often do you want him to keep doing this? Correct. Like, how long does he have to go in a game like against the Bengals mm-hmm. and play with no Justin Watson, no Juju, play only with MBS, who had the game of his life that game, <laughs> and have no wide receivers, have Jody Forts and Noah Gray running wide receiver routes? That's not what you want. Right. If, I, if they do trade up, I'd get the best receiver in the draft, which I think is Quentin Johnson. What's uh, blown you away so far in the combine? The D linemen and linebackers running these forty-yard dashes, or is it the verticals from today? What's the what's the combine look like from Jay Binkley? I think it's the defensive line. The defensive line is really, really good, man. And you look at a guy like Elijah Kansi, who's two hundred eighty-one pounds, and he's unanimous All-American at Pitt. Mm-hmm. People will remind you of Aaron Donald, baby Donald. <laughs> But he runs – I mean, he was actually mocked to the Chiefs in several mock drafts. He's looked at it as kind of an end-of-the-first-round guy. He ran a four six seven in the 40. 
Um, <laughs> he's going top 20 now. <laughs> There's yeah. no way he's still going to be there for the Chiefs. But I'm just blown away with these times. And then uh, um, Eddie Bauer, who's from Kansas City, mm-hmm. goes and runs the fastest time they're saying ever for somebody 282-plus pounds when he ran at 4.49 at the 40. So I think it was 40 times by the defensive linemen yesterday and the linebackers, like Nolan Smith. And what he did run that four three nine as a linebacker and edge rusher uh, from Georgia in that forty one and a half inch vertical. Those things stand out to me. I was blown away at how fast these defensive linemen are getting. No doubt about it. Uh, Binkley, I want to ask you this real quick before we get into some fun stuff. When it comes to the Chiefs in this next year, are they going to like you, you talk about this D lineman? Will that be something that if they draft, is that kind of a red flag when it comes to the Chris Jones situation? Or is there no doubt about it? Ninety nine percent, you do not move on from ninety five. It's hard to. I mean, you, you got to have somebody. I, I wish that they could have a cap free. I know Carrington's talked about having a cap free uh, quarterback that you can pay him whatever you want, which I agree with. I think there should be somebody on defense that you can do the same thing with. So one player on offense, one player on defense. But yes. Chris Jones makes this defense go as far as the defensive line. I think Legere Sneed is that kind of captain in the secondary, like the Honey Badger was. Mm-hmm. But Chris Jones definitely does. But Chiefs use such a rotation. They love rotation. Even Derek Nottie getting the big postseason sack. He didn't have any sacks during the season, but he showed up the biggest times. Colin Saunders had the year of his life mm-hmm. uh, this year. And Derek Nottie, with what he showed, Mike Dana, what he showed. But just getting defensive line depth. Yeah. is what I see. If they go defensive line, I don't think it has anything to do with Chris Jones. I just think that's a premium position in the NFL. Am I okay to get a little personal right now? Sure. Okay. <laughs> so you got a pretty big day tomorrow, right? That'll be your uh, – you'll be 50th time around the sun, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, yes, that is correct. Half a century, does man. That's right. Never better. Jay Binkley, big birthday tomorrow. So nine one three five eight six. Get your birthday wishes out for Jay Binkley. Binkley, I ask you one. Giselle Bunchen or Paulina Gretzky comes out of your cake. Which one do you pick? Oh, my God. <laughs> there are tough choices, and there's tough choices like this. Um, I'm going to go Paulina, man. Okay. She lit the world on fire today with her Instagram. I just want to let you know that. I know. But if I make a mistake with that one, I mean, Giselle is very attractive. Don't get me wrong. But the whole Tom Brady connection and everything, guys, you know. Do you think but, but, on your first she's date? She's the daughter of the great one, does man. I know. I, that's what I'm wondering. On your first date, are you asking more questions to Giselle about her father or her ex or herself? Oh, which one, Giselle or uh... Giselle? Oh, Giselle. I'm asking about Tom. Okay. How would you ask Giselle more about Tom, or would you ask Paulina more about Wayne? Where are you going? I don't know. I pre- like my barber Al once told me. Yeah. He says always talk about them. Always talk about them, so I keep the focus on Paulina. But I might sneak in a few uh, Wayne Gretzky questions. No. Like, what, hey, what's Dad doing? What's Pops doing? Yeah, what can I meet him? He still got the slap shot. Uh, Andy Reid said when he celebrated his Super Bowl victory, he went and had some pizza. What are your two ingredients that you would only put on your pizza the rest of your life? Cheese obviously doesn't count. It's already on there. Two ingredients the rest of your life. Jalapenos and pepperoni. My guy. That is just a staple of any pizza. Like, I like a cheeseburger pizza. I like yeah. going, you know, fancy like that, like an old shiny pizza or something. But, oh. man, if you just give me, if you said, okay, give me two toppings, it'd be pepperoni and jalapeno. I just feel like that's the perfect mix. I guess this is the deal breaker. Uh, pineapple, yes or no on pizza? Hell 
No. Okay. Okay. And then um, you agree with that, best friend? You I agree mean, with that? This is where we. This is where you hate me. This is why I'm your stepson and not your real son. I'm a big fan. You know. I mean. You know. This is why it's like we're we're almost close to blood, but we're not. But I mean, like I love a nice Canadian bacon jalapeno pineapple pizza. Call it the spicy Hawaiian. The Shane Victorino. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'd eat it, but man, I just, I just don't think pineapple belongs on pizza, oh, though. You, I, 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 you, you don't, you don't fruit the pizza, man. You just don't put fruit on a pizza that is designed for meat and vegetables. What's more acceptable, fruit on a beer or fruit on a pizza? Uh, like if you, to go say, if you had to go, I'm gonna say beer. Okay. I'm gonna say beer because they do such a great job with putting fruit in beers and yeah. citrusing it up, the hops and things like that, like. Uh, like tomorrow night, there'll be plenty of uh, options for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Irish Yale's out like crazy, man. Are you more excited about that, or are you just more excited about the NFL Combine? Combine. Yeah. And what's funny is my birthday happens to be on the day that the wide receivers, tight ends, and quarterbacks um, do their uh, on-field workout. I mean, that's just perfect. It's like a perfect storm. Whatever you um, do, I've don't been, wear sweatpants tomorrow. I know. I've been buying different Irish blends. Mm. I bought the, the Martin City. Uh, yeah. They're Irish red. I buy, I've been buying a lot of Boulevard. That's what I currently have mostly in my beer fridge, the Boulevard Irish Ale. Mm. And then I stopped to buy some call sign because they've uh, been canning their beers, and I found the Irish red. They call it Lifter. And I purchased it. So all my beer right now, go <laughs> honor St. Patrick's Day, is all St. Patrick's Day beer. Like in the winter, I go straight winter lager, Nutcracker Ale by Boulevard. But this time of year, I go straight Irish red. Aaron, go bra, man. Hey, Binkley, happy birthday early. You got a bunch of text lines. Some say happy birthday, go Oak Park. Uh, happy early birthday. Stay up, big dog, and sounds good. Have a great birthday. Jay Binkley, I will see you tomorrow night. Much love to you. Have a good Friday night. Enjoy an Irish ale, and I will have one tonight as well, my man. All right, great. Thanks, and thank you, Oak Park people. Thank you. Jay Binkley, the man, the myth, the legend. You'll hear Jay Binkley all draft season, and that's like less than less than a month. Coming up on the other side, we come back. We have to do a little bit of a thing that we do every Friday night to cap off a week. We have our Richard of the Week. We do that next on After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Say what? Shut up. Shut up, Richard. Shut up. Shut up. My consorting with a known felon. Shut up, Richard. That you get it? Yes! Oh, Richard, I'm so happy. Oh. All right. It's Friday night. End of the first hour, which is where we do Richard of the Week. It is not sponsored, but somebody could most certainly step up. Shout out to those who get that one. But uh, this week is from something that is just absurd. Again, I don't know if this is true. Uh, it was to my knowledge last night that the quote that Tiger Woods apparently had about Pat Perez uh, got more cuts on the tour than he did in art class with paper was not a true um, was not a true quote. It was uh, definitely uh, fake. Uh, thanks to Joe Summers for letting me know about that. But this one, I'm pretty sure is true. A report came out that the Orlando Guardians have cut their quarterback Quentin Dormady after he allegedly gave an opposing team plays from the Guardians playbook. Let me tell you that again. Quentin, quarterback for Orlando, the Guardians of the XFL, has been cut after he allegedly 
gave these gave his opposing team plays from the Guardians playbook. This is why I tell you people. By the way, there's your Richard of the Week. I don't know if I need to announce that. Richard of the Week, um, none other than Quentin Dormady. Which I don't think, you know, Quentin. You ever met a Quentin you could trust? You ever met a guy named Quentin? If I'm offending somebody named Quentin, I very much apologize. But I've never met any Quentins that I trust, and I've only met one. So my sample size is quite small. But this one definitely is the Richard of the Week. How do you take your plays that you're in charge of being the quarterback in a league that is basically one of the biggest excuses of a minor league system I've ever seen? The XFL just sucks. Can I just go ahead and say that? Yes. I love a lot. Thank you. I love a lot of you listeners. I love all of you listeners. Even if you don't like me, I'm all about love. It's Friday. We're in the month of March. College basketball is about to absolutely skyrocket. Great time of the year. Opening days around the corner. The drafts in Kansas City. Yada, yada, yada. But the XFL is just trash, man. Paxton Lynch got benched within his first 17 seconds of being on the field. I watched the other day. There were tracks in the field. They were playing on a baseball stadium in Las Vegas. The XFL is not a good product. It's dead. It's not fun. In fact, I feel like you might have a little bit more excitement watching the PGA Tour than the XFL. I do mean that. Yes, Dusty, you are extremely biased towards golf. Guilty. I would 100% will agree with you on that. If you were to look at my schedule and you'd have asked if I like golf and if I'm more golf over XFL, of course. In fact, I wouldn't even be mad if somebody were to be like, when it comes to golf, you're a fanboy. 100% of the XFL, if I was, yeah. you're a fanboy. I would not do radio anymore. Yeah. You're a fanboy. 100%, Jason. But it's not a good product. They've tried it, it failed. They've tried it, it's failing. I understand what Dwayne The Rock Johnson is trying to do. I understand there's a lot of people out there that love football. And this is just one of those things that bridges the gap between the draft, the offseason. Stop. Stop watching it. Don't give it any attention. Hmm. Didn't think about that. See, I never met Quentin Lucas. I know Quentin Lucas. I've had conversations with Quentin Lewis. Lucas. Don't have an opinion if I can trust him or not. The other people that I can't trust, first name, last names, are both first names. Like Mark David. You're not trusting a guy named Mark David. How about, how about Mark Davis? Do you know anybody with the name Davis? I guess Davis Love. Don't know him. My brother is named Quentin. We call him Q-Tip. Mark Davis, Raiders owner. Mm-hmm. Don't trust him. Haircut gives it away. But again, Richard of the Week, Quentin Dormady, after giving, I'm sorry, I apologize, after he allegedly, allegedly gave an opposing team plays from the Guardians playbook. You're the quarterback. Like, I understand if you're like some, well, none of you play. Like, I just remember, like, this just shows how great the NFL is. If the NFL is the top, 
And the XFL is like the third closest thing to the NFL. Look how far the gap is. Like, I remember, what was the guy that was playing for the Chiefs and played for everybody? Uh, Josh Gordon. His first game, he had like a touchdown, and everybody's like, see, told you he still had it. Against what? Guys like Quentin Dormady who are giving people their plays? What a joke. Paxton Lynch. But you know what? Exactly. Enjoy what you enjoy. I'm not telling you that you can't watch it. I'm not telling that you are, you know, simple-minded for loving the XFL. You love what you love, and you do what you do. It's cool to care. I understand. But I'm telling you this, man. That would have been the straw that broke the camel's back in my mind. Could you imagine if that happened in the NFL? <laughs> like, do you imagine if, like, Marcus Mariota gave a team the plays because he was mad that he got benched? So he's like, hey, here's what we run. You'd never see Marcus Mariota again. And there would be, like, an investigation on as to why this happened. Unreal. Not your Richard of the week. On the other side, that's the 6 o'clock hour. Philadelphia and Kansas City. Do you remember how close they were before the game? No blood. No hatred. One loss and one player against an entire team changed all of that.